for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. It is JJ and Alex. Happy afternoon to you. Weekdays, 3 to 7, right here on DKSL Sports Zone. Uh, JJ and I both wearing makeup today. So there's that. <laughs> it's probably uh, weird for you, but I, I'm very hey, comfortable. I've, uh, in my in my past, I did a lot of movies and commercial stuff, and and they really lay on the, the, the makeup heavy during those things. But I'm not... I'm not one to poo-poo some powder on the old uh, bald head. You know, I'm gonna. I'll take it. We took pictures today. They made us put some. Uh, they made us put some makeup on. I love how JJ walked in. He had a better. He had a. He had a bigger makeup bag than the lady who was doing makeup. I got, like, I got all the bells and whistles. I like. I got it. I got this from the lady at the mat counter. I don't even have to use my hands. <laughs> oh. My goodness. Hey, we're both wearing suit coats, too. This is the classiest this show's ever been. All right? or, or will be. Or will Picture be. day here at KSL. Picture day. It's yearbook day. All right? Uh, tons going on. Stay cool. We have <laughs> see, you in the, see you over the summer, bro. Uh, there were actually, you know what was interesting? My kids were making a fort the other day. Have you ever done that at your house? Oh, yeah. Kids are making a fort, and they're like, we need heavy stuff to hold it. I go, go downstairs. There's a ton of books on the bookshelves that are massive. And what they do, they went and got one of my high school yearbooks. And I've started reading through some of the things that my friends wrote to me. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go ahead and shut this. You do not want to dig up the stuff that your friends were saying to you in high school, in the old yearbook signing. It was, it's embarrassing. Your kids are like, I'm just telling you. Hey, breaking NHL news today, of course. We had the Kevin Weeks tweet. It was just a picture of Salt Lake City. You have the apparently... There's a meeting of ownership tomorrow, no, the day after, on Friday, with the Coyote ownership. And then maybe you're going to get an announcement about how poorly they're running things, and that's only good for Utah. And this deal that they're trying to make down in Arizona looks like it may be an absolute paper tiger. It's not happening. And it's, if it does... It does not look good. It does not look good, which is good for us. Okay, so we're keeping our eye on that one. It's also... Uh, used to be the most important day for college football in the offseason. That is the National Letter of Intent signing day. Uh, but, of course, we have the early signing period that has now taken stage in December. There's a handful of moves that some of these teams have made. Uh, BYU adding some new names to the list. And uh, we've got the full, I think Kenny just sent us the full the full roster of all the of all the new signees this, this uh, offseason and during both the early and the late signing periods. And so this is a fun time. Utah didn't make a ton of movement, at least on the on paper. They didn't do the, hey, we signed a couple of extra guys, any of that stuff that we've seen so far. But Kyle Whittingham did talk a little bit yesterday uh, with SiriusXM Radio about the different process that they have now for recruiting. And, and I'll tell you, everything has gotten very, very murky when it comes to you know how di- quote unquote difficult it's going to be for the for the transition for for the Utes, 
and I don't know if this is Kyle Whittingham, you know, hedging his bets a little bit too, just to be like, oh yeah, no, it's a little bit more difficult. But he did end up talking in the uh, uh, about the details of recruiting right now, and that's been a challenge, I think, for them to get used to. Recruiting footprint has already changed. You know, the the teams that were that we're competing with in the Big Twelve is is very different than what we were in the Pac-12, and so we've transitioned, put more manpower into Texas, which is really the the heart of the Big 12. You know, other than that, you know, studying uh, opponents, uh, rosters, uh, schemes, and that type of thing, we've already got into that, but but, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just, uh, you know, getting uh, familiar with, uh, you know, with with your opponents and and changing your recruiting footprint to match geographically where you're going to be playing. They're, they've got boots on the ground in Texas now, JJ. I mean, I know you, things are going to change now. No, things are going to happen. Just ramping that up a bit, right? Because obviously, when you're playing more road games in the in in that footprint, you want to get players out of there because they want to go home and play in front of their family and friends, but still be a part of your program. So it makes sense. With BYU's additions, uh, they moved up to fifth in the in the uh, Big Twelve in recruiting, and I don't know what that means, you know, because yeah. the reality is is that. How do you rank a class based off just the, just based off of stars? Is that what we're talking about? If it's a four or five star situation, yes. because UCF signed seven four star guys, right? So they're going to have a higher rank class. They got a higher rank class. They're number three like in the how entire. How many of those guys are going to have an impact next right. fall? Texas Tech Maybe has the number one. Right, Texas Tech has the number one recruiting class because they are the only team in the entire league. Oh no, sorry, Colorado is too. Who got a five star? Right, right, makes sense. So. I, I know things change, and I know that Kyle Whittingham is the kind of guy that, you know, they're, they're going to make adjustments accordingly. But the, the reality is is that they feel really good about this team that they have right now. They feel really good about what it is that they are going to be able to put on the field product-wise, and it's all based off of the fact that they're bringing Cam Rising back. He also discussed Cam Rising and uh, gave a little bit of an update as to what uh, Cam is doing and uh, how he's getting ready for this season coming up. Well, first of all, we're elated to have him back. He's a just a tremendous leader, tremendous player, uh, a legit, legitimate Heisman candidate in our opinion. And to have him back uh, is you know, just huge for our football team. He's doing very well. You know, everything is, is as it should be, I guess you could say, at this point in time. And and we expect him to be able to uh, participate fully in spring ball, although he's not going to be involved in any contact, and, and nor would he uh, anyways under any circumstances. But but uh, he'll be out there uh, hopefully every single session and, and leading our football team. Hey, there you go. There's the update. There's your guy, Cam Rising. He's not going to participate in spring. He uh, said the H word. Okay, now that's what I was going to ask you about. When because it's never too early to start stumping for your guy to never. be Heisman, right? Look what Oregon did with Bo Nix last year. It actually came to fruition. It did. He got in the top three. And, and part of it is is you remember when Jordan was it Jordan Love or was it uh or was it Chucky Keaton? When they started pumping Both. out we're we're getting cookies from Utah State, we're yeah. getting uh we're getting Heisman shaped donuts and stuff or whatever it was they were doing, and being like, Hey, uh show a little love for, for Utah State's Heisman trophy candidate, and you go Okay, that's a bit much, but you know what you got was a first-round draft pick out of, the, out of the dude. Not off a of hype because what they knew they had was a super talented guy. I don't know if Cam Rising numbers-wise is the guy who's going to put enough up there to be able to be a Heisman candidate, but it doesn't hurt to talk about it. Um, but there was an interesting addition today that we read about, Corey Dennis. You don't know that name because you don't know – 
that he is Urban Meyer's son-in-law. You didn't know that he was a quarterback's coach for Ohio State University. You didn't know that Corey Dennis was with Ohio State from 2015 till this past year. And right now, Corey Dennis has joined the Utes as an offensive analyst. Not a quarterback's coach. Not on the actual coaching staff. You know the difference, JJ. There's If you're an analyst, you're not on the coaching staff. Something brought Corey Dennis here. I can't help but wonder if there was that kid who played quarterback for Ohio State who played under Corey Dennis, obviously as the quarterback's coach, out of uh, Corner Canyon, who might be making his way back to Utah. Is that what am I? Am I reading too much into this? But why the addition of a brand new quarterbacks co- or uh, a guy who was the Ohio State's quarterback coach? Obviously, Andy Ludwig is the OC and the quarterbacks coach for this team. But what do you think about the ad of uh, of Corey Dennis coming from the Ohio State University program? Well, he has resume, and he's been at Ohio State for quite a while. And when you've worked with C.J. Stroud and helped develop one of the best quarterbacks we've had in college football in some time. And somebody who has now helped turn around a franchise with the Houston Texans, I mean, that carries some weight. And you look at all the quarterbacks that they've had there at Ohio State since he's been there. And, of course, we, as we know, coaching is about relationships. And we know that uh, Urban Meyer and Kyle Whittingham have a relationship, and I think there's trust there. And, obviously, he's going he's gonna to endorse his son-in-law. And Utah, okay, well, come on board. I think with uh, was a Bill O'Brien who's now the OC at Ohio State. Yes. There was a change there, and sure, I'm sure he brought in his own guys, which which meant uh, Corey was looking for an opportunity, and he's coming to Utah, which is a great ad for for the Utes to have somebody of that uh, with experience in a program like that to come here and help. And it's not, you know, he's not the quarterbacks coach at, at Utah, but to be an offensive analyst to be a part of that, you're going to add value there. Because of somebody, just because of his experience. So do you we, think, can, we obviously know the, the relationships there. It makes sense why he would come to Utah. Urban making a phone call maybe to to uh, Kyle. And and they know they know who Corey Dennis is. So, right. Yeah. It makes you you, 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 you see how I connect the dots there. Do you think uh, Devin Brown, by the way, is the former uh, corner? Canadian I don't know about that. I don't think Devin Brown's in the transfer portal. He's still at Ohio State, and I think he's going to try to compete for isn't that the next, job. Isn't the next? Uh, Signing day, though? Come, when's the next hey, transfer portal open? Things can happen after, after spring, spring football. football. So, right. look, in today's college football, things can change quickly. So, we'll see about that. But I do think that uh, Utah's quarterback room is is in a better shape than it was a few months ago with the addition of Isaac Wilson now, who, you know, we talk about the recruiting class. They didn't make any news today. It was not a big deal. A lot of these things have already been announced and taken care of. But Isaac Wilson is obviously the jewel of the class. And what he did at Corner Canyon, we know his pedigree. We know who his brother is. But Isaac Wilson paved his own path and his own legacy at the high school level here in Utah. In fact, I think he was a better high school quarterback than Zach Wilson was at Corner Canyon. Won a state championship. That's I, 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 Some might think that's bold. No, I, I, I 100% believe I, I don't. Isaac Wilson was a better high school quarterback than his brother Zach. I think that Isaac got a lot of benefit from the fact that Zach Wilson kind of over, he was under kind of recruited, right? I mean, he's kind of under, what is he, a three-star guy? Not that stars matter, but I think that Isaac Wilson, people looked at him a lot more closely because, and he had more pressure on him than than Zach Wilson ever had, I think. Far more, far more. And And he delivered. He's more polished. He delivered 100% uh, after... uh, you know, falling short of a state championship and some of his goals as a junior, he was the 
He was the player of the year in Utah and Mr. Football and deservedly so. And so he goes into that quarterback room now. Obviously, Cam Rising is going to be the man next year. So Isaac's going to have to sit around and wait for his opportunity. He'll battle for that second spot. Brandon Rose also in the mix there. So I think they're better situation with the quarterback room. Isaac Wilson being the jewel of this class. But I think the question that a lot of Utah fans have is, who in this class is going to have instant impact? Who out of this group? And I've got the, the glasses pulled up right in front of me. And I'm looking at it, and there's a lot of good players on this. I know it's ranked 12th in the Big 12. Okay, that's fine. I don't. Yeah, again, what, what does it matter we when you don't see. actually know what these guys have uh, done or will do? Three guys I want to mention here that I think could have impact this year. Okay. Number one is Dorian Singer, the receiver from USC oh, transfer yes. transfer portal. Uh, he did not have the numbers uh, at USC that everyone hoped he had, but he was a thousand yard receiver at Arizona. When is the last time Utah had a one thousand yard receiver? Oh, it's been almost ten years. Who was it? Who was the last Carrington. one? Okay. Darren Carrington, I believe, was the last 1,000-yard okay. receiver. Got it. And before that, you had to go to uh, Drez Anderson. So it hasn't happened often, is my point. Sure. But Dorian Singer comes in, and he may have that ability. If it's not Brant Keithy in his position, it could be Dorian Singer. The instant impact. Carson Ryan, again, another transfer portal guy. He's going to add a lot of depth to that tight end room. Uh, you, you're loaded at tight end if you're Utah. You got King, you got Brant Keithy, and now you got Carson Ryan. Uh, probably a little more physical player than Keithy's going to be receiver all the time, right? But Ryan can get in there and mix it up and, and run block, that kind of stuff too. So, uh, But the best freshman, I think, to have a chance to break in and, and make the two depth too deep and maybe even start is Ike Garcia, the uh, right tackle, also out of Corner Canyon High School. Uh, Garcia has got a chance to compete uh, in the two deep on that offensive line. And, and Utah's offensive line is a question mark going into the season. Sure. And they're going to need some guys to step up because they lost Laumea, they lost Bills, and so they're going to be looking for somebody to step up, and Garcia could be that player. So I think those are three guys I identify out of this class that will help them immediately, with, of course, Isaac Wilson being the best player overall in this class that will have tremendous amount of impact on this program as long as things work out the way everyone hopes it does. But in today's college football... We have no idea. Do we know anything about the Zach Will or the Isaac Wilson? Uh, any of was it like a surgery? Was like no, a knee situation? I have no health update um, on Isaac. I know that there's some things that maybe need to get cleaned up. Yeah. He, had, he had a procedure right. during the season last year and played five days after and threw like three touchdown passes in a it's game fine. we broadcasted fine. up at Farmington. No big deal. But I do think he's got some stuff that needs to get cleaned up. I don't know what the situation is with that. I have seen video of him actually in the workouts up at Utah, some stuff that they've been posting. So he is there on campus working out with the team. I do know that. Uh, interesting. Utah fans are like, did you mention something about maybe being healthy or maybe not? Because we got burned on that last year. No, this is a little different. This is not yeah. a major deal. Well, it's and, not a major deal. And I think impact-wise, Zach Wilson, I mean, Isaac Wilson is a – not this year kind of guy. Obviously, you don't want to see Look, him this year because I would not going to want to hear this from me. But I hope he's not impact guy no, this year I know. because you want Cam Rising to play every down this year. And if it and if Cam can't go, then you hope that it would maybe be a a Brandon Rose type situation. Uh, or well, you know, if Isaac's ready, then Isaac will be ready. But he, you know, w- there's no rush to throw him out there when you got Cam Rising. This whole season coming up is about Cam Rising. Brett Keithy, and first year in the Big 12, and this team having a chance to go win that conference year one and make it to the playoff. 
that's the goal. Whether they do that or not, we'll see. But if Cam Rising doesn't play most of the games next year, then they fell well short of that because there's just no way they're going to be able to accomplish that without the experience of Cam Rising. Speaking of the H word, the Heisman word, uh, be nice to get him out there. I mean, why not? Why not throw that out there? Guess who uh, was the quarterback's coach for C.J. Stroud at Ohio State? Corey Dennis. There you go. Coach Stroud didn't win ones. it, but he came close. No, he came close. And you and I both saw the guy in the flesh, and we decided that, that oh my was. Gosh. And I think we all know now after his rookie what year. What were the Carolina Panthers thinking? <laughs> Poor Frank Reich. I mean, uh, I, I know that. I mean, look, Bryce Young. I don't want to hammer Bryce Young. He won a Heisman at Alabama, and he was a great college quarterback. I, I, I watched C.J. Stroud in person. I was like, "There's, he's an NFL quarterback. He's special." It was so obvious. Yeah. And look what happened. Uh, Justin, Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins both under the uh, tutelage also, and uh, C.J. Stroud. That's a lot of good quarterbacks, and so that's a nice ad. Not bad. A sneaky ad to the uh, Utah coaching staff. Although it gets technically is being called in. Offensive analyst. 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 But, hey, this is how this works. Analysts are important Well, in today's age. And then you'll see uh, maybe over the next year, probably something else get added to the name there too. Yeah. If they do it. All right. We'll take a break. We've got uh, more to go here around the corner. Jay Hill, BYU's defensive coordinator, uh, talking to us around the corner. We're going to chat with Jay Hill about this recruiting class. National Letter of Intent Day, of course, is very different now than it used to be, but we'll still get the thoughts from Uh, Now that he's got a year plus under his belt of recruiting, a full recruiting year for Jay Hill. We want to see what his thoughts are on this class and plus how he's gotten used to uh, doing the recruiting for BYU. So we'll get Jay Hill's thoughts next, BYU's defensive coordinator. That's right here, 97.5 DKS Hill Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that guy. On 97.5, BKSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is 97.5, BKSL Sports Zone. Alex Keery, Jeremiah Jensen. Thanks for being with us. JJ and Alex continuing on here. A day that uh, used to be one of the more important ones on the entire college football calendar. Some of the wind taken out of the sails by the early signing period that uh, all the colleges and the college football programs are taking advantage of. And so now that that first Tuesday in or the first Wednesday in uh, in February doesn't mean as much like we used to just worship at the altar of uh, of, of that national letter it's of intent different. day. It's, it's very different. different. It's very different. But uh, joining us on the program right now, helping guide us through uh, what BYU has been doing over the past few months and now that he's got a full year of recruiting under his belt with the this BYU regime, BYU defensive coordinator Jay Hill joining us on the program. Coach, thanks for being with us. Heck yeah, how are you guys? Yeah, we're, we're good. great, Coach. Thank you. You live for these days. I mean, uh, but how much has it changed since the early signing periods? And and uh, how much of a, a pressure is it for you to go, now we still have to get X, Y, and Z figured out before February nowadays? Well, it's changed completely. You know, when I first started coaching over 20 years ago, everybody signed on this date. And really, you hardly tripped anybody until January. And so you had the whole, their whole, the the recruits' entire senior year to evaluate them. And then you were continuing to build relationships all the way through January. And usually you would do trips for 
you know, three weeks in January, and then you'd have your big signing day uh, today. But now it's drastically changed. We're almost all of it's done in December. Um, there's a few late additions that you have and, you know, just cleaning up some maybe holes or, you know, uh, filling in for guys that maybe didn't get on the first signing day. I mean, that's what it's all used for. Well, Coach, now the pen is the paper. I'm excited to ask you about some of these guys. I want to start with Falatau Satuwala, big-time player, covered him in high school at Bountiful, made some big-time plays. They almost won a state championship there. We know how good he is, and I can't imagine how thrilled you were when he was at the All-American Bowl and he put that BYU hat on. What are you guys getting in uh, Satuwala? Well, I'm super excited about him, obviously, and just what he represents, not just as a player but as a person. His leadership is phenomenal. Um, I think his skill set speaks for itself. Uh, the other night he went for 21 points in basketball. He's truly one of the you know more athletic, dynamic guys that this state's seen in a while. He can play a lot of positions. He's big enough to be a linebacker. He's fast enough to be a safety. I thought he played great in that Army All-American Bowl when he went down to San Antonio. Um, anyway, we're super excited about what he is and what he represents to us here at BYU. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's kind of shows that there's a future done correctly here at BYU. We can recruit top-notch, top-notch players and, and uh, you know, have the defensive guys out on the field that we most want to have there. Well, you mentioned multiple positions there, and, and when I covered him in high school, he played quarterback at one point, he played tight end, he's <laughs> caught big passes. So he can do a lot of things. So where do you see him fitting at this point? Yeah, right now we have him slated at safety. Um, you know, the quicker he handles things, who knows? Maybe the offensive guys will throw him in there on offense. Um, I know on defense we can find a position for him where we know he fits in right away. And, again, a lot of it's going to depend on how he continues to grow. He's got such a great frame that, uh, you know, time will tell with him. But uh, I do feel like he fits in right away at safety and is kind of that long-rangey guy that we've been looking for to play in the post. Coach, one of the things that we look at, obviously, is, you know, there's one thing to sit down and go, let's get the best recruits we can that are on, you know, they're on the board. And then there's the part where you go, hey, we've got to focus on X, Y, and Z. Obviously, a huge part of your emphasis uh, was the the defensive line because, one, that's uh, that's your side of the football, but also an area that you, you guys said immediately, we've got to get better right there. How did the defensive line recruiting go in this offseason? Well, I mean, it's – if you look at what we did in in December, I mean, we signed six defensive ends. We signed three defensive tackles. Uh, we're still looking for a defensive tackle if the right one comes along. But that's an area where we felt like we needed to get a little bit longer as far as size goes. Uh, we got to get a little bit more dynamic. And uh, I thought we did exactly that. I love the recruiting class that we put together. Um, I like how the ones who've already joined us um, how they're fitting in and how they've already elevated the, you know, the competition. Uh, and I really believe this. We're only going to get better as the future goes on and as these guys continue to grow and develop, the ones we signed, um, it's only going to make this defense better. How much has it meant to you to have Coach Pua's uh, experience in his, in his recruiting? I mean, you guys have a year under your belt now and you guys have worked together a long time. You know each other's kind of back and forth. And, and when you get into these kids' houses, how important is it to be able to have uh, Coach Pua sit next to you and tell, and, and tell these kids how important uh, you know, their recruiting process is and, and where BYU fits into their lives? 
Well, in my opinion, he's the best defensive tackles coach in the country. And so to be able to sit in a room with someone that I think that highly of uh, speaks volumes, one, for who he is. But he, he demands respect. I mean, when he walks into a home, he, he's a big physical presence. Um, and then he's just an unbelievable human to where he does a phenomenal job relating to the players, relating to the parents. Um, so having him on our staff and recruiting for us is, I mean, just it's, it's beyond measure. I mean, he, he's huge for us. When I look at your class on the defensive side and I see a guy that could have instant impact, Jack Kelly sticks out to me. Uh, I watched him at, uh, and covered him at Kearns High School. He was a pass-catching tight end. And last year I'm sitting there watching Weaver State games and all of a sudden there's this mean, nasty defensive end slash linebacker <laughs> taking down quarterbacks. I'm like, whoa, Jack, what happened to you, man? Like he's really grown and progressed and you, and you coached him for a bit at Weaver State while I was there. Uh, how excited are you to have Jack Kelly now with you at BYU? Well, super excited. Jack's got a great skill set. Um, he's fast. He's physical. Uh, the other day in the weight room, he just, I mean, he's only been here for like a month or so, and he's already the strongest guy we have on our football team with cleans. And uh, yeah, what I he mean, put up? What did he put up the other day? The video went up, and I think it was near 400 pounds. The dude power yeah. clean. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and he he could probably do it multiple times. That's that's a tribute to him and how he works and who he's been. And um, also, it, it's a player that I'm super familiar with. I mean, you you guys saw Eddie Heckard and Cam Garrett yeah. and the success those two had last year, and being all Big 12 players. I mean, I, there's a there's a comfort level that I have in those guys and who they are and what their skill sets are and getting them in the right places. And we really expect Jack to kind of be the exact same thing. And there's another one, Logan Latui. I thought when he got back healthy at the end of the year last year, I thought he played great. So, um, you know, but it's, it's going to be a battle too. He's got phenomenal players around him and he's going to have to come in here and earn everything he gets. And it was no different for, I mean, that's no different from, for anybody. We see obviously that, you know, the, the numbers get thrown around at other schools about, you know, NIL deals and potential, you know, I, I was I was looking at one of the recruiting services. They did an anonymous uh, poll about, you know, some of these these players were willing to talk about the money that that they're getting thrown their way. You guys have made emphasis that, like, if, if that becomes the direction of the conversation, then we're out of the conversation. How much of a challenge is that, though, knowing that you've got – uh, you know, on the other side of the table, maybe offers that are coming in money wise and BYU says we're trying to build you into an NFL prospect. We feel like that's more valuable. How does that fit into the BYU recruiting of 2024? Well, I mean, you guys know the BYU fan base and how passionate they are and how much they want to win. Um, there are unbelievable opportunities for that stuff here at BYU. That's I mean, I, I think we'll leave it at that. The the thing that's more important to us, it will never be about the money. It's always going to be about relationships and what these players are going to be 15, 20 years from now. It's not going to be about the money. Although, like I say, you guys, I mean, it's not hard to know that BYU has incredibly successful fans and people that want us to win. And that's all part of it. We just don't want it to be about that. And I think as soon as it becomes all about the money, then – you're looking at a player that's going down a slippery slope, and a lot of the guys that make it about that never end up being the player that they should be. Now that signing day is and your your class is done, you can focus on spring football, which is not far off. 
Uh, it's coming up pretty soon. What do you want to accomplish on the defensive side of the ball during spring football? Yeah, we're man, we're going to be rolling in spring ball here in three short weeks. Um, wow. Well, we've, we've got to plug in these guys that we just signed. Um, we've got to continue to add depth. We need to elevate the overall expectation of what we are. I thought we played good games last year. Uh, we played Texas better than anybody. We played Oklahoma better than anybody last year. But taken as a whole, we got a lot of improvement to make. Um, we had moments where we looked really good last year and then moments where we didn't look as good as we should be. So um, we've got we've to develop more understanding of the scheme and expectations. we got to continue to plug in guys that can make the plays that we're expecting to be made. And again, that's, that's a continuous process. And then we got to continue to build the guys that we currently have because the reality is when the ball gets kicked off in the fall, there's no changing at that point. And these guys that we have have got to go out there and play great. And so we got to do a better job as coaches of getting those guys in the right positions to be successful. Coach Jay Hill, defensive coordinator for BYU, joining us here on JJ and Alex as we uh, get you ready to figure out what spring is going to be for uh, the fans who, of course, are going to be following very, very closely. And then after spring football, of course, is a short window of the transfer portal again, which we go right back to it again. It becomes uh, another melee coach. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, congrats on you guys' signing class. And we're looking forward to this season. Oh, we can't wait. And I appreciate it all. Thank you. There you go. Coach Jay Hill. Thanks, Coach. Great. I didn't want to come across like I was saying, hey, there's no money available at BYU. I thought it was great that he said, no, no, don't don't misunderstand. There's yeah, opportunities. There's opportunities. Look, there's money. It's just got to be more discreet. They don't, they're not going to make a big – they're not going to do a thing with trucks. They're just not going to do that. But, but they're going to have opportunities for, for NIL. But they're also not going to make the lead conversation They just don't about want it to too. be as public and out there right. as other schools do. And that's not – that make make let me make that very clear. That is not a knock against what Utah has done. Utah has to do it the way they've done it. Yeah, they have to do it differently. That's all it is. BYU is going to have to do it differently because of what that school is, what what where they're at, and how it's perceived, and they're very conscious about their image. And Utah has to do it another way because of what Utah is. Yeah, and and how they when how they have to compete. They're like, here's the money amount we're looking for. Who's going to step up? Right. right. That's, yes. That's what they can do. Yes. It's just it's fascinating. Now, look, imagine I will just say also, and this is again not trying to knock any of the prior regimes or anything. There's a already been a massive difference recruiting wise. We've like, seen it. There's this the cla- I see it in this class. This class is the class is. Falatel is not going to BYU four years ago. Jack Kelly's not transferring to BYU four years ago. I think you're seeing a hustle too that you didn't see from the last some of the coaches who aren't there anymore. Right, and, and again. I think that I think that's 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 a great point. It's the, the, there's there's something different there. There's a reason that you bring these guys in. There's a reason that when Sione Pua comes into a, a home, and he can change minds, or he can get you to commit, and that's where you're going. And that happened in this in this uh, in this. And, and here's the deal: again, when you aren't leading the conversation with, here's what we're looking at x amount of dollars wise, and other schools are doing that. Instead, you have to be just an exceptional recruiter. And part of that deal is showing guys on paper how they a path to the NFL. They got to hear it. They got to hear that they can get to the NFL. They, they absolutely hear do. And BYU is now proving that they can do that at the NFL level. And Fred Warner's playing in the Super Bowl. 
on Sunday. And I also want to say before we go to break, BYU is very fortunate to have Jay Hill. Jay Hill is a successful head coach. He built an FCS program that was in tatters and turned it into a national contender under extremely challenging circumstances. And now he's your defensive coordinator. He could be a head coach at a lot of places in the country and be successful. You have him at BYU. You should be very grateful that Jay Hill is a Cougar. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Proud of PK. I'm really proud of PK right now. Why is that? That reel that we put up on KSL Sports, where it's like, hey, I'm a sports reporter. Of course I fill in the blank. Right? Yeah. That's the new trend, right? They published that already? Yes, they did. And I thought PK would have been like, I'm not doing your dumb social media trend. He freaking owned it. <laughs> he owned it. I loved it. You can go check it out. I will say JJ was a really good sport because... You didn't have to uh, – you are the actual journalist on our on our uh, our staff. <laughs> Jeremy, Lloyd, do you think that's probably true? The only – the only real – the real journalist of KSL Sports. <laughs> the only one Is there some kind of test I have to take no, to get no. certified to be a journalist? But see, How like we work? all joke – I've always said from the beginning, I'm like, oh, don't confuse – like I've been a talk show host for a long time. I am not a journalist. People are like people used to run me down on nights. I'd be like, oh, uh, dear, when you made fun of that uh, guy, I'm like, dude, I'm not a journalist. <laughs> My job is to make fun of people and bring up the lighthearted stuff. All right. I'll let JJ do the breaking news center on when the NHL team gets announced here, JJ, I'll let you do it. Cause okay. you have that. Uh, you have, I mean, you got the, you got the qualifications. Now, did I get a degree in broadcast journalism? Yes. And it's hilarious that I, with, that, with a minor in improv? <laughs> it was a lot of – listen, they were more interested in my comedy background when I got hired here than they were my uh, my broadcast journalism degree. They're like, yeah, we see a lot of those. Absolutely. No, Spanish minor. you believe that? Spanish. Well, okay. Hola. I can talk with, the, I can talk with anybody. I'll do it. Hey, uh, let me see here. <sighs> Jay Hill is phenomenal. Jay's uh, really, really good. That was great. We can end the show now. Good night, everybody. No, listen, uh, if you want to go back and listen, you can go back and listen to it. If you're a BYU fan, you got to hear that. It was great stuff. Got to go check it out. Uh, He brought up something, and and I don't know. I was a little hesitant to ask because it's an uncomfortable question, but Fessy Satake is the same way as I think Jay Hill. BYU has a, as a coaching staff, they said, this is the way we're going to do things. Obviously headed up by Kalani, right? Yeah. We're not going to roll out and say, here are the numbers. Because did you see that 24-7 article where they had the the anonymous players? And I think they had 15 of them. And I think only two or three of them were below $100,000 a year. Yeah. Most of them were in that. I bet if you were to average them out, it was in that three hundred to 600000 a year number for these recruits. Recruits, I'm not saying guys who are on teams right now. 
guys who are going to a team with that number attached to them. It's crazy. It's a real, it's a reality. And so asking them about that money situation is never fun, but he told us it's a balance. There are people who are willing to help out. There are people that are absolutely wanting to make these kids' lives a better situation in college while they play athlete, while while they're while they're athletes at the school. Yeah, they're going to get some money, but it's not going to be the same way that you see it done at other schools. You saw Rick Pitino brought up uh, the idea of a salary cap, right? <laughs> a salary cap on collegiate players. Okay, how's that going to work? Well, he even threw a number out there. I don't know, ranging from he's like, I don't know, off the top of my head, between one point five and two point five million dollars, like very specific. Now, this is a guy who's the coach at St. John's, right? Now, St. John's is a big program in the Big East, right? I mean, that's that is a or then the A ten. Or then the the old Big East. They're Big, the Big East, East, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a legit program. St. John's is huge, right? But to be able to say, hey, paying players is an important part of this, but being able to say, hey, we want a salary cap on it, I don't know that I hate the idea of a salary cap, JJ. I don't know if I hate it because the thing is there's going to be schools who will get there, but there will also be schools that are running right past that number, Well, and that's hard to compete with. This is interesting because there was a court that just declared that Dartmouth basketball players are now employees, which means they have the ability to unionize. So things are getting crazy in college sports because – Hey, you want to be the first Dartmouth Men's Athletics Players Association president? (laughs) <laughs> How's that work? Looks good on your resume, guys. Oh, it looks really good. You could be president of the Dartmouth Players Association. But this I was the- able to run down six hundred and fourteen dollars for our center. But employees of the university, amazing. This and is that's crazy. where we're going. That's where we're going. Well, this is where we're at. Is we're talking about salary caps for um, college sports and unions for the players, and it's just like, well, this is this is professional sports. So yeah, that's 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 where it is. Okay, professional sports, even We're though it's there. at the college level. Oh, because, and of course, I, of course, Dartmouth is the first one to do it, right? Just like course. we, just like we thought. But if anyone's out there listening, whoa, 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 well, we watch it on TV, and TV puts it on there because it's it's big time entertainment. So these players and the coaches deserve, right. yeah, to be paid what they're earning because they're putting on a product that is very, very good. What was the noise that the fans... It generates a lot of revenue for people. What was the noise the fans make? If you're out there going, ho, 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 ho. Oh, the one I just did? <laughs> yeah, what was whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't like this. I know. I, the thing is... Why is, are we paying players? JJ, why does like it become this. Jimmy Stewart? Oh, I don't like playing the <laughs> oh, players. Well, wait, a, wait a minute here. <laughs> what? what? Why, why do we, why do we why do we need a salary cap in college sports? What, wait a minute, what? Mary, Mary, Play, players unionizing? What are we doing? This is an underrated impersonation that we need more of. Jimmy Stewart trying to convince a kid to come to play at your school. Well, <laughs> okay. Oh, we gotta take a break. We gotta get the. Oh, lock. young man, we'd love to have you come play. I, got I can't a, I got, give me a million uh, dollars. Let me reach out my pocket here. I think I got. <laughs> I think I got a nickel. <laughs> Will you play for us for a nickel? Uh, Harvard, when are you gonna give you a nickel? It's about the love of the game. That's where he goes. All right, we'll take a break. 
We're going to make JJ do that uh, that uh, impersonation maybe every day now. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got David Locke, voice of the Jazz, coming up next. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline on top of this amazing stretch of two games that the Jazz have had at home, beating the Bucks and the Oklahoma City Thunder, two of the best teams right now in the NBA record-wise. We'll uh, talk to Locke next. We'll get the breakdown right here, 97.5. Wait a minute. Is it the KSL Sports Zone? But we also have tickets to give away, right? Uh-oh. Call number 12 right now to the KSL Sports Zone. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You get a pair of tickets to Train and REO Speedwagon at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 29th of this year. So there you go. Call number 12 right now. Get, to get some tickets to REO Speedwagon at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 29th. Call number 12, 801-575-ZONE. We'll come back. We'll chat with David Locke next. Stay with us, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone.